Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Today, I am flying solo without Shay, but I have an incredible guest, um, Annie, who is joining us today. And so Annie is, was, I don't know if you still say you are still my yin teacher or (laughs) you were my yin teacher. I don't know if you ever stopped learning from your teachers, but I did my yin teacher training with Annie recently in Paris, but we actually met when I did my 200 hour teacher training in Sri Lanka and Annie taught the anatomy portion of our yin teacher training. And then This is kind of why I fell in love with her was because she has this very strong sciencey geek side like me. And she also has this really, really beautiful, soft, spiritual side and she blends them so well together. So Annie is a yin teacher who also teaches meridians. Uh, She's a Dharma Vinyasa yogi. And she is very passionate about this balance between yin and yang. And this has been one of my key learnings is is finding this balance in life and business and in everything that I do. And I think that's why I just resonate so much with Annie's energy and I really wanted to get her on the show. So welcome, Annie. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Anna, for having me. So she told me that she's nervous. <laughs> I am extremely nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so Annie, 
where do you even want to begin? Because I've, I've obviously done, you know, I did the 200 hour, I spent some time with you. I did the yin teacher training, I spent some time with you. And you've got so many incredible stories, so many incredible philosophies. Where would you like to start? So there's always a difference, right? Like the, the first time you started yoga, which is like roll up the mat and do a downward facing dog. And then there's that side where you start your journey where you really look inside, like, who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? So I would say my journey started seven years ago. And that was when I transitioned from a professional dancer, going towards the end of my career, and then into a yogic path. So I was a dancer for many years. It was always my dream to be on stage in the spotlights and more in the classical ballet and contemporary dance. And I was very physically injured towards the end of my career. I was dancing for about eight years professionally. But what really pushed me towards the spiritual edge was I had a breakup. <laughs> and it was like my very first heartbreak. And I don't know if you can remember that yourself. And it was, it was like this earth shattering experience. And and that really pushed me to think about what I really want to do. Like, do I, am I being in this identity that I thought I was going to be forever? Someone's girlfriend or mapping out the life for the next 20 years. And so um, I went to Thailand to do uh, my first 200-hour yoga teacher training. And that was in the style of Ashtanga yoga. So it wasn't very forgiving to be your first style of yoga. <laughs> it was very tough. And I thought I was really good because I was a dancer, but my mind was everywhere. You know, like I went on my mat and every day you, you do the same practice, but, you know, sometimes tears will come out or I feel anxious or I feel really angry. It's just like, like a flying colors of emotions, the first I would say the first year of my practice. And that's when I turned to yin yoga because um, I was looking for some balance. Yeah, so that journey started in yin. It was about six years ago. I started doing some yin trainings and I studied several, with several teachers. And I realized something was missing. Um, not that the teachers weren't good, they were amazing. It's just something was really missing. And that's when I found my way to traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, I am Chinese. So the medicine, the Chinese medicine is so ingrained in my culture. So when I started studying that and then putting that with yin yoga, it, the two just kind of was like a perfect marriage. Yeah, And here I am today offering yin yoga and Meridian's teacher training. And so what was it about the yin yoga that was so different that, that really drew you in and captured you? So growing up, I was always into dancing, into movement. And so my body was constantly changing from one moment to the next. And then when I transitioned into Ashtanga, even though it's yoga, I was still moving constantly. So when you're in that constant flow of movement, and if you're not trained, it's actually quite distracting. Because if you're confronting with a certain thought or emotions and you don't want to go there, you just do some sort of physical movement, maybe do a chaturanga, a vinyasa, or even like a handstand, a headstand. And they can be a bit of like a, a distraction for the mind. 
So when I started doing yin, oh my goodness, it was, it, it was very challenging in terms of the meditation that required me to stay still. And it was eye-opening because I was literally having a conversation with my heart every practice, every pose. And so that was like, that was really opened my heart to this new path of yoga. I love that idea of having a conversation with your heart in every pose. I'm going to steal that. And maybe just for the listeners who I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are yogis or even yoga teachers themselves. How would you describe yin yoga to someone who's never done it before? Well, first of all, I I always like to emphasize yin is not relaxing. It really isn't. If you practice it wholeheartedly, so what that means is there are different edges in yin. Where So let's start with the physical body. So in yin, you have to hold the posture for usually three to five minutes, but that ranges from person to person. And as you lean into the posture, the first thing you will feel is your physical limitation. So that could be your inflexibility and whatever. Maybe you experience some injuries. And you always need to have this wisdom inside that you're not going to push over that physical boundary. But at the same time, you're not going to be so far away from that boundary that you're not going to feel anything. So to me, the physical side is you really have to learn to calibrate what is your capacity that day. And and that to me is like this internal wisdom that you train, like a body awareness. And also like humility, like you have to really be very humble in yin because, you know, the morning practice may be very different from the evening practice. You might feel less flexible and also day-to-day fluctuates. But on the emotional side, wow, this is where it really opens my mind is certain postures or certain practices is going to bring out certain emotions and sensations. So maybe it's sadness, it's anger, but it can be positive as well. It can be joyful, peaceful, but whatever it is, is you train yourself to become a witness of that emotion. And then, but you don't stop there because I find a lot of yin teachers teach their students to, to witness it. But what happens is if they keep witnessing it, that can be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you're still witnessing that emotion. Still watching. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, oh, there comes anger again. So to me, it's like, you know, witnessing is the first step of um, acknowledging there's something inside that needs to come out. And then the last part, so we've gone from physical to emotional the last part would be your spiritual edge, which is what kind of life perspectives have you developed or are you cultivating to resolve your emotion obstacles? So that to me is like a little nutshell of yin. (laughs) It is such a powerful practice. And I think for me, the first time I ever did a yin class, I hated it. I hated it so much. And I thought like, this is not for me because I was always that person who, who needed to do like the strong vinyasa class and really like feel very like physically challenged and like get a sweat on and all of that. And, and this has very much been my programming throughout life and just having to like sit still and be uncomfortable 
was so incredibly challenging for me in the beginning. And now it's like amazing how much I've shifted probably also across the past seven years is that I can really embrace it now. And obviously that's why I came to do the training with you is because I can see now what a powerful practice it is. And I wanted to be able to give other people that gift. That's true because I find that doesn't matter if it's yin or if it's other style of yoga, your practice is a reflection of your life. So say me before, I would always go from like in my life, I would try to schedule so much into my day to day. And I thought that would fulfill me somehow. And so I like to move from one thing to the next to the next. And it's not that different from my active young practice that I want to do more on the mat. I want to push more. And yin really just grounds you and allow you to sit with the discomfort to kind of resolve whatever that's inside. And then from there, you take actions. And one of the biggest learnings for me when I did the training with you is this integration of the meridians with yin yoga because it wasn't something... I knew very much about at all prior to, to doing the training. So did you want to go into that a little bit more and talk about the meridians? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Chinese traditional Chinese or classical Chinese medicine have been around for many, many years. And for some people, um, maybe they're unfamiliar with it, but really is a, a very holistic branch of healing or preventative medicine. So the meridians are like the energetic pathways in the body. And according to the Chinese medicine system is that your physical body and your emotions are interrelated. So for example, if you have a physical condition, maybe a back pain, that could initiate a certain emotional response. So for the back, it could be fear because it's a urinary bladder channel. But on the other side, it can go the other way. So if you feel a lot of fear, maybe irrational fear, your back might be more prone to aches and pains. So I love it because your body is, is like always telling you something, either through the body to the mind or mind to the body. And the more I start studying the meridian system, I realize that the practice of yin works like energy work, like acupressure, to release um, energy stagnation. And that's why we feel like it's like we went to a spa after yin. <laughs> <laughs> I can verify that, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And on the deeper level, like there are also the five elements, which I teach a lot in my training. And essentially, Chinese medicine came from the Taoist philosophy, where we observe nature. So the five elements are the fire, the earth, water, metal, and wood. And as we observe nature, we understand that when one thing goes off balance, another part of the body or another part of nature will go off balance as well. So I love the idea of um, Chinese medicine because there is no good or bad. There's just balance or imbalance. And I like that because in yin yoga also, like, Nothing is good or bad. I, I get the question a lot. Is it bad to do this or is it good to do that? And it's really about what do you need? Where is your, your current state? 
Do you mind if I ask you to share the story that you told about getting um, stung by the bee on your thumb? Oh. <laughs> or is, was that one specially for training? It is not specially for training, but I really need to clarify. It is not based on any scientific research. <laughs> personal experience. It is a personal experience. And I made up the terminology. I call it divine acupuncture. <laughs> I want to be very sure I made that declaration. Um, well, the story goes like this. Uh, a few years ago, I was very sad. I felt like I was in this like void, this darkness in my life. And I was in a very happy relationship and transitioning in my work life as well. I was teaching uh, a teacher training with my dear friend, Mathieu Baudon from Paris. And he has like a big afro. He's a beautiful man with a big afro. And, and one day we were having dinner in Bali. We were doing a training in Bali. And it was kind of dark in the restaurant. And something flew into his hair. And he freaked out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? How can I help you? And at that time, I didn't know what it was. And it was just in his big, bushy hair. And, and he was asking me to help him to, to take it out. And, and I knew it was alive. I knew it was something alive. And I didn't want to hurt it. So finally, I grabbed like a tissue and trying to like take it out without hurting this little insect. And it turned out to be a bee. And the bee stung me. And that was like the first time and only time ever I got stung by a bee. And then I, my hand started to swell and I didn't know what was going on. And I just went to grab some ice. I didn't know if that was even going to help. And I realized it, I got stung on an acupuncture point. It's lung 11, which is uh, the tip of your, your big thumb on the radio side a bit of a nerdy part here and the lung meridian resonates with sadness and grief and and at that time I was really like feeling it like every day I was really feeling a lot of sadness and some sort of suppression inside just not at my brightest but that wasn't it though because you know that was like a one time you feel like it's a random event and 10 months later I was in um, Arizona I was doing a meditation retreat and it was just after the retreat I was I was in Arizona and in Arizona is like it's a desert there's a lot of cactus around and as naive as I was um, there was this fruit there's this fruit called prickly pear we have them in South Africa so I know all about prickly pear yeah it's like this beautiful pink fruit and with little like fuzzy peaches fuzz over it and I was just going for a walk and very much in my mind I was just kind of like going through things in my mind and very I guess contemplative but then I stopped and I look at this cactus and I was like what a beautiful fruit I really want to pick it little did I know I thought that the spikes was only on the big tree like on the cactus I didn't know it was on the fruit and as I picked it like those little mini spikes just like punctured everywhere in my hand and I was trying to get it out. And then the only part that I couldn't get it out was on lung 11, on the tip of my big thumb. And I was literally standing there staring at my thumb. I'm like, what is this message? It's like the divine power was trying to give me free acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I love telling this story to my students because I, it's not just about like what you get poked in day-to-day -day life is there are messages everywhere you know it can be a book that you read it can be a sign that you see in the bus and if, if you really tap into your energy 
um, you have answers everywhere. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful, restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. I love that story so much. Obviously, it stands out from the training I did with you. And I think learning about the meridians from you it just makes so much sense. And I kind of felt the same way when I learned about the chakra system for the first time, I was like, whoa, this just makes complete sense. And even though it's not like what we call science, so to speak, it's just, there's almost like that knowing that there's this truth and all of the stuff when you see how all the little pieces of the puzzle fit together. And yeah, I got so much from, from doing that training with you and learning about the meridians. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. What else do you want to share? I know that you've also had a little bit of a journey. You've had a little bit of a, uh, I can't talk properly. You've had a bit of a journey with um, your, the nutrition side. And obviously there's a lot of, um, I guess, you know, in the yoga world, there's maybe a lot of, I don't want to say rules because it's not really the case, but there's a lot of expectation about like how things should be and and that side of things. And I was curious if you'd be open to sharing a little bit more about that. I would love to share that. Um, first of all, I was a vegan for about five years. So because I started my journey in yoga about seven years ago. So the first five years, I was really practicing according to the books. And, and that's what I love to do is I love to go wholeheartedly into a practice and experience it, it all. And so it goes. I was um, a very strict vegan for about five years. And 
I started to witness my health was declining gradually. And I've always been a thin person, but I was really thin. And, and you know, there's nothing against veganism because I think to me, also, this is what I, I teach a lot is you have to find the map that works for you. Yeah, I, I call them the, the GPS. I think there's no, when I was teaching in France, there's no equivalent of word in map. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, so I had a translator and then she kept saying GPS. So now I use GPS. I love it. <laughs> because I, I find that um, you, you, need to, you need to find your own GPS. So for me, veganism or being a vegan did not work for me at, at least at not that time of my life. And I need to recognize it. And the hardest part wasn't the act of eating meat or again. It was actually to tell people that as a yoga teacher, I'm, I'm not a vegan anymore. And that's the part that I, I feel I was putting pressure on myself. I was putting myself in this frame as an identity that I need to somehow fulfill. And, you know, I, I contemplated on it. I, I really work on it. And the more I share my story, I feel actually a lot of other teachers resonate with me as well. The most important part I feel is if you look at yogic scripture, the diet prescribed is for yogis who dedicate their entire life and everyday moment to the yoga practice. So that means they don't have a mortgage. They don't have three kids. They don't run two businesses and own a car. And, and I find we need to look at the reality of our life. Does it suit that kind of diet? And if you have a, a lifestyle where you can have that kind of diet and it works for you, then that's great. Keep doing that. No need to change. But if you're feeling you're lacking something because your daily activities require you to have certain nutrition and uh, caloric intake, then you need to switch because that is the path is applying wisdom to your everyday life and your life is your practice. That's amazing. I actually wanted to just back up a little bit because you mentioned things like mortgages and cars and kids and I guess these things that would be very like physical very materialistic and I know when I've worked with you you've talked a bit about this kind of you, you talk about spirituality versus being a hippie <laughs> it's like materialism and abundance and I think that's that's always the challenge is like how do we find the balance between all these different parts so is there anything you wanted to share relating to that oh yeah <laughs> well first of all um even though i study the meridian system but like again like your gps can be you can grab it from different sources because if it works for you it works for you right you don't have to bind yourself to one doctrine one paradigm so I love the chakra system because it, it's like you said, like, it's like, wow, it resonates in, to me in the chakra system, if you go from root to crown, in order to rise to the crown, you need to take care of the roots, right? So uh, the root chakra, the sacral, the solar plexus, these are um, your stability, your creativity, uh, sensuality, as well as your, what do you achieve and do in this life? And I find that in the community that I am or I was in, a lot of people abandon. They abandon their, their root, the first three chakras. 
And there's a funny saying that uh, I love uh, Ram Das. So I hear a lot of his podcasts and I follow his Instagram. And there's one very particular post that Ram Das put is that you can have infinite amount of meditation experiences, but don't forget your zip code. <laughs> and I love it because I find that a lot of um, people I've encountered, they, they don't take care of their zip code. Right. They, they don't have a stable job. They are struggling day to day life and even struggling their personal relationships. But they focus a lot on their spiritual pursuit. They meditate a lot. They have these amazing experiences. But I find that in order to transcend wholeheartedly, you need to take care of your first three, which means if you choose to be a householder, if you choose to engage in this lifetime, you need to take on the responsibility of this lifetime. Right. So if, if you have a partner, if you have children, you need to provide for them. You need to create a safety, a sanctuary for you and your family, because when that's taken care of, you can focus on the next part. And actually, the hardest part is the heart, because your heart chakra is a connection between your lower chakras to your higher chakras. So one of my, my dear yoga teachers is Sri Dhammamitra. And he's 80 years old. He's teaching in New York City. And he always say, like, when your heart is open, you can love beyond your family and pets. And I find that that resonates so much with me because we all know that feeling when our heart is open, when we see people we love, when we are around our family and our pets. But the moment we go out into the world, it's our heart closes and contracts. And, and it's like, how do you remain to have your heart open while you experience this life. And that to me is a spiritual practice, right? And um, lastly, I, I would say it's true. Being a yogi doesn't mean being a hippie, which nothing is around being a hippie, but you, know, you have to take on responsibilities. You have to engage in this lifetime. And you know, I even say, like, I think hippies have, have their own virtues and they also take on their own responsibilities is, um, yeah, it's just being grounded, being connected. That's this is a cheeky little plug here, but that's why I called my group program that I ran Grounded Goddess was because my experience, at least from the type of people in my community is maybe not so much that they don't have their ground because they're chasing the spiritual practices, but also I think people lose their ground when they're just up in their head with the busyness and overthinking and as you say, it's all about like coming back to those roots and having that security and stability. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the yoga teachers who are listening, I, I feel that as yoga teachers, what we want to do is to inspire others. And to, to be inspiring, you need to, like not present, but it's almost like you have to walk the path. You have to walk the walk. So if you're struggling to your day-to-day -day life, either uh, emotionally or physically you cannot be in in the state of uh to inspire others right so that's why like i love i i love that name grounded goddess i know i'm so happy i got the url <laughs> it, it is it's like it's amazing you know every time i see your your post on on social media i'm just like wow she's speaking to me <laughs> because we need to be grounded to to help and change the world yeah that's what I believe too, which is like, yeah, so much of what you say resonates with me. So I love it. 
And is there anything else that was on your heart today that you wanted to share? I think I, I really want to share is for the for teachers or yogis or aspirants who, who want to pursue this life of practice is be willing to adapt and change and be willing to really listen to your heart. Because I find the best practice is your life's experiences. And, you know, like we, we're going to go through different stages in our lives. So maybe for some it's going through motherhood. Maybe for some it's just going through, you know, different parts of your life that your practice isn't, is not going to look the same. Maybe it's like taking care of your children, maybe it's your practice or, you know, taking care of your business is your practice. So really see everything that we do, the sacred mundane, which is nothing in life is mundane and everything we do is sacred. So really treat it as a practice, everything that we, we do in life. That's so beautiful. Anything else you wanted to share or did you want to tell people a little bit more about where they can find you and some of the exciting trainings you've got coming up? Absolutely. So I have a 100-hour yin yoga and meridians teacher training coming up in December, Sri Lanka. Uh, Sri Lanka is my home now. I live there with my partner. And so we are very excited to offer this training there. And you can find my website, www.neyoga.com. And then another very exciting training coming up is a 200-hour yin and yang yoga teacher training in May 2020, Bali. And this is something I'm very excited about because a lot of students come to me for yin, but I, I came from a, a very young root, and I find that to offer 200-hour training space for students to understand the balance of yin and yang uh, is very amazing so i'm very excited for that training your partner aaron who did his teacher training with me and that's actually yeah i know aaron from my yoga teacher training and that's kind of how i also know annie as well he's going to be doing that with you isn't he yeah i'm very excited so he's a his background is in bodybuilding and now turn yogi and nutrition coach and I love working with him because he really shows me the balance of yin and yang because like on the outside he's very young and you know muscular and very he's like uh, a gentle giant he's like a gentle giant and when you talk to him he's so gentle and he loves practicing yin as well but but when he trains he trains really hard and so I really see a good balance between him and I um so yeah it's a fun team yeah, I totally, I would just second that and say that if this idea of learning this yin and yang balance appeals to anyone watching this, I cannot think of two more incredible people to, to go through this experience or to lead people through this experience than the two of you. So I think it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to share? Any final words of wisdom? Or no. what's your Instagram handle? Oh, my Instagram handle is Annie underscore AU underscore yoga. And you will find a lot of fun photos and little teaser of trainings. And, and some really amazing inspirational quotes, very similar to some of the gems that you've thrown out through the podcast today. Yeah, like I find um, Instagram is a space for me to really express and 
I, I only post when it really resonates with my heart. So if you are up for a little daily or every few days inspiration, please follow me. <laughs> yeah, we'll put all of those links in the show notes. And thank you so much, Annie, for, for being here and for sharing your wisdom. I, I just have to say for anybody who's thinking of doing any of Annie's trainings, they're she has the best stories that's all I can say it's obviously just been a little bit of a teaser for everything but um yeah it's it's been so wonderful to have you here and to share so thank you so much thank you Anna okay we'll see you all next time bye bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Daya Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state, and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month. And you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.